vision. Your paradigm is about to shift at the intersection of fact and reason. You're entering Kingston Country. I'm Dan Kingston, and you're listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. Mexican security forces fought an hour-long gun battle about an hour's drive southwest of Eagles Pass, Texas. Just an hour drive away from a small Texas town of about 30,000 people. You heard it right. Mexican security forces fought an hour-long gun battle. If you can imagine what that would be like, this town was under siege from terrorist cartels. Yes, yes, terrorists, they're terrorists. President Trump is going to label them as terrorists, and I think it's a fair assessment. What should I call them? I mean, what would you call them if if not a, a terrorist? Uh, you know, they're kidnapping uh, children and women, sex trafficking and destroying communities with drugs. And now you have truckloads of these cartel terrorists entering a small Mexican town again by the truckloads and unleashing the wrath to the point where you got Mexican security forces have to be sent in to take back control of the town. Because these terrorists actually went for the government buildings. That's where they went to take over this little Mexican town of about 3,000 people. If you are an inhabitant of Eagle Pass, Texas, maybe you'd be quite alarmed by the fact that an hour away there is this, this terrorist battle. And maybe you would be supportive of building that wall. Maybe you would resent it. When people from New York in the inner city or L.A. are talking about how, you know, you're a racist or you're a xenophobe because you want to build a wall. And, and of course, when you look at the earth from space, it just is a beautiful little sphere with no borders. And so borders are irrelevant and we should just ignore them. If we ignore the borders it would just be okay. I mean, these cartels, they would respect American law and they would stay out of our towns and they would just, you know, leave everything be as it is just fine. We have to trust the terrorist cartels, not get in the way, just, you know, waste of money creating this border wall. Right. 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 Okay. So you have the story also from, uh, what was it a few weeks ago in uh murder of three Mormon women and six of their children. And that started this attention on these cartels, which have always been a problem. But now Trump came out and said, you know, we're going to designate them as terrorists because this is getting insane. And the Mexican president, who's a newly elected president, who, if you ask me, I'm I'm skeptical. Is he uh, beholden to the cartels? Because he wasn't really uh, for this designation and came out and said, you know, we don't really know about what Trump's talking about. And we have entered into communication with the various corresponding authorities to know the content of the reach of Trump's statements. I'll tell you what the reach of his statements are. Trump is going to designate these terrorists as as what they are they're terrorists and is gonna send out it wouldn't be my guess drone strikes to take them out 
And if you're living in Eagle Pass, Texas, I think you'd sleep at night a little sounder, right? If you knew that there were American drones protecting that border, making sure that if those terrorists that are peddling drugs, sex trafficking, kidnapping, you know, taking sex slaves essentially and selling them off horrible things. Reminds me of um, Epstein is back in the news. We'll talk about that later. I mean, there's so many news stories, which is why I wanted to come out here and do a podcast to keep you informed, to keep uh, it, it helpful, because I could just do a podcast once a week on a designated day and have it be 20 minutes or 30 minutes or what have you and and fake it, you know, uh, but instead I like to to give you the news as it happens. So when I accumulate a number of stories that I think uh, coalesce into something worth talking about, I keep notes and I'm, I'm following the news and this kind of thing so that I can then keep you caught up in a helpful manner. Not the way that the you know mainstream news does it, which is uh, a, a, a specific schedule. And if they don't have the content to fill it, they just make stuff up or they give you boring stories or stories that aren't helpful for you. I imagine you really do want to keep caught up with this cartel situation. What are we going to do? Are, are we actually going to send troops? Trump was on uh, Bill O'Reilly's show talking, uh, and that's where he made this announcement where he was going to designate these cartels as terrorists. And he, you know, Trump refused to say exactly what we, we would do. Bill O'Reilly asked, you know, do you mean drones? And Trump said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say one thing or another. My guess would, would be the drones is going to be, uh, uh, makes the most sense. But anyway, this takes some time. You can't just uh, do it right away. Trump explains that this is a process. And interestingly enough, W. Bush and Obama had looked into designating the cartels as a terrorist organization because simply they do possess a threat to American national security. This isn't something just coming from Trump. Okay. It's obvious. Look at the facts. And you know this, but if you're a Democrat listening and I am an independent, uh, nonpartisan, I, I call balls and strikes. I do have Democrats listening. Then you have to understand what's really happening, that there are terrorists trying to take over Mexican towns fueled by essentially unlimited drug money and sex trafficking money to the point where they can just send a truckload of terrorists or cartel members into a town and attempt to take it over. And the Mexican security forces, it takes over an hour gun battle to take back the town. I mean, there's a ton of these little towns. They don't have enough security forces to protect them all. And so they're all, you know, up for grabs. The terrorists can just go in there and take them over. Apparently, of course they could use the drones. So why is the Mexican president, this new Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador? It's amazing how long the, the names are in, in, in Mexico. Four names in one. Um, but, uh, you know, anyway, is he compromised? Why would he flat out reject this idea unless he was compromised? Yeah, he's saying that this is going to make bilateral negotiations harder and 
and this is bad for Mexico. I guess, why? Is it bad for Mexico because you're on the payroll of the cartels, like every president in Mexico has historically been? They have huge problems. You know, with the corruption, the police are corrupt, so they have to send in the military, and then you have members of the military over there also corrupt. I mean, they catch cartel members over there in Mexico and have to release them and then catch them later because they get in stalemates with these cartels. And uh, and I do think the better way to, to call them is uh, terrorists, plain and simple. Why wait for Trump to make that classification? Wouldn't you call them terrorists? Wouldn't you sleep better if you're on one of these border towns and resent the people calling you racist because you feel better having the drones, having the border wall. So this is the news with the cartels. I think take a close eye on this. As soon as we actually start protecting ourselves, when Trump is able to actually bring in the, the military in a way to protect American citizens, that's when the treacherous mainstream media will begin to attack him the most and say that he's a Nazi. You know, they've said this before. They'll say it again. He's a Nazi for trying to protect an American town, Eagle Pass, or, you know, trying to protect American citizens like these uh, Mormon families, okay, who live in these border communities. Some of them live in Mexico. Yes. American citizens. You know, we don't have an obligation to protect citizens in Mexico. No, but we do have an obligation to make life better if we can. I mean, if if by a byproduct of protecting Eagle Pass and the other American cities on the border, we're also helping weed out corruption and weed out these cartels and make Mexico better, that's better for all of us. But this Democrat, you know, far left talking point of we just got to send in money and build up the communities in Mexico and send endless amount of, of aid and that's the only way to help Mexico is just to pour assistance into the problem is missing the fact that a lot of this money gets sucked up and in, in it's corruption. So it gets sucked up and funneled back into the cartels or you have it being used in corrupt ways or just lining the pockets of of presidents and, uh, and their administration. So you, you got to be wary about that. Why do the Democrats always want to throw money? At every problem, it's just throw money at it, raise taxes and throw more money at it. It's because they're elitist and they're condescending and they're not pragmatists. At the end of the day, far left ideology is a, is, it's just the opposite of a pragmatism solution. If you look at conservative values and conservatism in general, the idea, the very idea of taking a conservative approach to problems and solutions is pragmatist in nature. And so you have to ask yourself, whether you are registered as a Democrat or Republican or whatever, are you a pragmatist? And if that's a value that you admire and that you'd like to be, are your political affiliations, do they reflect that value that you have, that we all should have, finding common sense solutions informed by fact and reason. So, of course, um, the Democrats are really getting concerned over this uh, Inspector General's report, which is expected to be released on December 9th. That's coming up fast, depending on when you listen to this podcast. 
It may have already passed. I don't know. Time is a weird thing. Some people say time is an illusion. I don't know. All I know is I'm talking to you right now, and I feel that you're listening to me. Uh, as weird as that sounds, I imagine an audience listening, and that audience is of one. It's you. And I try to imagine what you might be looking like. I try to imagine what you might feel. I imagine the thoughts that run through your head when I'm talking about these stories. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to think, how am I helpful to you? How am I most helpful to you? Just blabbering and talking isn't, isn't really helpful unless you're like a really lonely person and you just use me to fall asleep at night. Some people do that. My wife says I have a very hypnotic voice and it puts her to sleep. And that's why she loves the podcast. It puts her right to sleep. I don't know. Maybe you listen to the podcast, I hope, to, to, to use it in a helpful way to get caught up in what's going on, whether it's these cartel drug battles or this FISA uh, abuse. You know, we know that the top Justice Department and FBI officials misled the FISA court in their use of this unverified dossier compiled, you know, of course, by Christopher Steele, the infamous dossier. And these, uh, the FISA court, it, it just is a rubber stamp kind of thing. Okay. You know this. The, the, the judges rubber stamp all of the requests that they get, and you can do the, spying on anybody you want. The executive branch has that authority. And when you are a constitutional republic and you are supposed to have checks and balances, then the judicial branch, the judges sitting on there, the FISA court, should have all the information. They shouldn't be misled. That shouldn't even be a possibility to be misled. The fact that the executive branch can easily pull one on the judiciary branch when it comes to the FISA court shows that this whole NSA deep state uh, situation, you know, the fourth check and balance, the, the, the fourth branch of government is an imposter branch of government. And it's a real threat to our public, quite possibly behind a groupthink mentality the biggest threat our republic faces because the deep state has gotten completely out of control. And you know, you're looking at the rise of fascism or a dictatorship. Where do you think it comes from? Some sneaky figure in the deep state of any country rises up and takes control over the, the process of, of that republic. It's happened again and again. They don't, they don't always take the route of, uh, of popularity. You know, they can get they can sneak in through the back channels historically they they sneak in and they rise that way unnoticed until it's too late okay so watch out is there someone like that plotting is that a bolton or who knows probably an unnamed person that we don't know about Trump said this is going to be the biggest scandal in the history of the country. So he's really hyping these expectations. And I think that, uh, I, you know, is that a good strategy? W would you do that? Okay, so what else is in the news? We could talk about impeachment, but I feel like you've heard that everywhere else. They've talked about impeachment. And of course, there'll be more news about impeachment, blah, 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 blah. I, I, you know, who cares? Day in and day out, mainstream media headlines 
are boring to me. I think they're boring to you or else why would you be taking the time to listen to a non-mainstream media political podcast like the Dan Kingston podcast? Why am I going to waste time talking about what everybody else talks about? Did you see, um, by the way, this is an article in the New York Times. I know they've been designated an enemy of the people by Trump, but I still find a lot of their articles pretty helpful, to be honest. Jeffrey Epstein, blackmail, and a lucrative hot list. If you haven't read this article in the New York Times, it's a, it's a fascinating piece. I highly recommend it. It reads like a, like a thriller, like a political thriller film, and it could just be turned into a movie, at least a, a, a big part of the Epstein movie is is in this article, lawyers uh, can pocket at least a third of these settlements that they make with the um, you know billionaires that are accused of of wrongdoing, and they they can take up to a third of these settlements. And so what this article is talking about is basically the system profits; uh, these attorneys profit off of a system that masks the misconduct and allows more abuse, which is looks like is what happened in the Epstein case, because you do have reports of a Epstein, you know, compound with all these security cameras. Okay. But we don't see any of the footage. So what happened to it has a, a bunch of attorneys secretly enriched themselves by going to billionaires and saying, hey, you know, we got some video. Would you like to make it go away? Oftentimes, attorneys even will go represent the victim. Then they'll turn around and represent the abuser, which sounds crazy, but it's not illegal. Yes, it sounds like a blatant conflict of interest. In fact, I guess it's allowed. It's technically legal. And you have this, you know, happening a lot. But you end up hearing are all the allegations against the poor bastards that don't have a billion dollars and can't buy, you know, buy the defense and cover it up like uh, Al Franken, right? I mean, you know, he's no uh, angel, but what happened to Al Franken is, is completely crazy. You know, uh, he did not really do anything that horrible for him to step down and be made the bad guy in the era of Weinstein and Epstein's it doesn't make much sense to me and why a lot of people just, you know, uh, completely hated Gillibrand on the Democrat side. because She was the one that called for Franken to step down. You know, the, the Democrats, they cannibalize themselves when it comes to white men. They just cannibalize their white men and, and they'll throw them under the bus so fast. That's going to be what happens to Biden. Biden's like sniffing his wife's finger and, talking about weird things with kids, kids, you know, touching his legs and kids sitting on his lap. He just is like a gaff machine and also like a weird, creepy guy. My wife said, oh, he's like a creeper. And it's true. Why that's the uh, Democrat hope for moderation makes zero sense to me. He is going to embarrass them so quickly. And, and that's why you really see him falling and, and Warren picking up the slack the fake Warren, you know, the uh, elitist in disguise, pretending she's a Bernie Sanders of the people when she's clearly a professor globalist condescending type. 
you know, she knows best for you. She'll tax you like Bloomberg does in order to help you live longer. Her, her biggest policy to, to help you is to tax you. So that makes no sense. And, and we know this, that she's a phony. And again, I'll say it again. I would love to see a Sanders, a non-phony, take on the elites on the Democrat side. Because can you imagine for a moment, take off your Republican conservative hat for a second and just put on your American hat and think about an election between Sanders and Trump and think about the elite globalists that have nowhere to hide. Think about them running for panic. Oh my gosh, what do we do? Sanders versus Trump. It would be beautiful. And, you know, you could say what you want about Sanders. Call him a clown. You could say the same thing about Trump, but I'll tell you what, we live in the age of the Joker. We want someone to burn down the house until this country gets fixed. We're going to continuously have Sanders and Trumps again and again and again until either the country burns or they fix it. So that's my prediction. I think they're going to go with Warren because the Democrat establishment still has control and they're going to hoodwink them into going with Warren and then she'll reveal her true colors. They're going to hate her. It's going to be Clinton 2.0. The Bernie types are going to be upset. They're going to be angry. You know, what could the Democrats do? Well, they could choose someone that's not, that's not Warren, but I don't see that. You know, Buddha Judge does great in the polls right now, but he does not have the charisma and he's just going to be taken down by that wing of the Democrat Party that says, white man, I hate you. They're not going to let a white guy, a Buddha Judge, be a nominee. Not, not in today's age. Biden, that's the exception. He was Barack Obama's VP, elder statesman. But even then, the attacks on Biden by the far left, are really insidious. The far left attacks Biden harder than anybody on the far right could. I mean, yeah, here I am. I'm making fun of him, you know, his gaffes and, and, you know, sniffing kids and and this kind of thing. But the Democrats really attack him. Like, they say, you know, he's an old white man. You know, why do we need a white man in charge again? they, they They say horrible things, racist, horrible things. So I don't see him surviving that kind of coalition of hatred. But back to the, the Jeffrey Epstein thing, um, the story is so fascinating, the particular story that got released by the New York Times, because it, it really shed light into this, this whole system of how attorneys work with the abusers. You know, a hacker came forward and claim to have all this video surveillance footage of all these billionaires. And a lot of the attorneys, they were going working with this guy and before they realized he was a fraudster. And the New York Times was even a part of some of these meetings. And, and it's all written about in this article how they were duped too. They were trying to figure out, is this guy for real? And they had meetings with them. They stayed in a hotel with them and drank alcohol with them. New York Times reporters, investigative reporters drinking alcohol with this guy, this hacker, going by an anonymous name, you know, but apparently he's like a fat, super fat guy 
bald, six feet tall, kind of what you'd expect a computer hacker to look like, claiming to have all this dirt on billionaires, everybody from Prince Andrews to Dershowitz to everybody, eventually turns out he's a fraudster. Everybody's been duped. The New York Times has been duped. His attorneys have been duped. But it sheds light into the whole system, how it works. And it's not unreasonable to assume that this played out somewhere, maybe not with this hacker, maybe not with these attorneys, but that somebody got paid off big time. And we know that the FBI is looking into it. We don't trust the FBI, do we? I mean, since when, by the way, the, the FBI and the deep state is the far left hero? The FBI has always had problems. So I don't know. Are they going to be able to investigate the CIA? Because if Epstein was a spy and the FBI is opening an investigation into why Epstein was murdered or how he was murdered or, or suicided, then it's going to bring him to investigating the CIA. So who wins? FBI or CIA? Because I put my money on the CIA, right? So we're never really going to figure this out besides knowing kind of our hunch that says a lot of rich people got even richer off of being protected. Uh, you know, the people protecting them, you could say, became enriched. And the, the, the attorneys representing the women that were abused are the people you want to look at really skeptically. Because those same attorneys are often the ones that go on and then represent the abusers for their payday. Kingston Country. You've been listening to the Dan Kingston Podcast. 